Tuesday, December 5th. Having a conversation concerning today's headlines and real-life challenges. I'm Tom Lamprecht, along with Pastor Harry Reeder. Stay with us as we apply a biblical worldview with gospel solutions to put the issues of today in perspective. Harry, I want to take you to a couple of good news, bad news story. The good news out of National Review. Last week, the Center for Disease Control released U.S. abortion data for the year 2014, indicating that the U.S. abortion rate declined, which began back in the early 1980s and continues at a steady pace. According to the CDC, both the number of abortions and the abortion rate declined by about 2% between 2013 and 2014. The second story out of World Magazine... Oregon officials have misspent about $152 million in taxpayer money, including $1.8 million in federal funds allocated for abortions, according to a new report. I'm reminded of, I think it was Senator Everett Dirksen years ago when I was growing up, who said a million here and a million there. Before long, you're talking about real money, aren't you? Now we're in trillions. We drown ourselves in the terms. And so here is $147 million that a state, a Midwestern state, which, by the way, has nowhere near the financial revenues of like a state of New York or California involved. But let's look at all these large numbers. You lose $147 million, And by the way, over here is just a couple of million that has now been sequestered to promote abortion by the state through Planned Parenthood. Well, let's don't get to that story first. Let me get to the other story, the good news part. And that is the decrease in the number, and it continues to decrease year by year in the number of abortions. Now, what is going to be stated by the news outlets, and understandably, they're going to simply say, well, that's because we make available birth control devices and chemical abortion pills, and therefore the number of reported abortions continues to decline. And I'm not denying particularly the matter of the at-home pills to engage in chemical abortions. I am not denying that that doesn't have some effect in the raw numbers themselves. But there's another issue. You can see it, for instance, in our own city, the closing down of the abortion clinics that are here. The view of abortionists as the pariahs of the medical field, which they ought to be viewed as such, and then the revelation of the number one proponent of abortion, Planned Parenthood, with all of its corruption and its unseemliness as well, and the fact that the arguments constantly go in the pro-life direction. It is not hard to get into a public debate in order to affirm the sanctity of life in any and every situation you find yourself. And so when you do, you continually bring to bear in the court of public opinion this distaste for abortion, even though it has become a rite of passage. It's actually a sacrament of the secular progressive religion and movement because it undergirds the whole sexual revolution in rebellion against God. You know, I'm preaching right now about how Jesus has redeemed us from all lawlessness. Now, why is sin called lawlessness? Well, because sin is the transgression of God's word. And in our sin, here is where we are. We're born with a sin nature, and unless God's grace restrains us in common grace or changes us in redeeming grace, we stand with a clenched fist against God. 
We will not embrace his law. We will not embrace his creation law. We will not embrace his revealed law. We will self-identify not how God made us, but how we say we ought to be. We will declare sex can be practiced anywhere we want to. And by the way, whenever you do that, you have consequences. And one of the chief consequences of the sexual revolution is unwanted pregnancy. So what do we do? We push for the opportunity, the right, the privilege, and now we declare it a constitutional right to end the life of an unwanted child, which is there many times, not because of rape or incest. That's less than 1%. It is there because of the sexual revolution. So we want to erase the inconvenience of our sin, and we want to say it's normal to do that. My friend Al Mohler did a program on this recently. There was a wonderful institution called the Dula, which was a woman who was trained to care for the emotional well-being of a woman when she was delivering her child. Well, now the abortion industry, because of all of the difficulties around abortion and because of the very thing that I'm talking about, that we know it's not right, they have now developed the abortion industry doula. It's interesting. The doula in a birth room is talking the woman through the process. Oh, you're having a baby. Oh, look, everything's going well. How are you feeling? Remember these moments and is coming alongside them, encouraging them. What a glorious moment, celebrating the moment. Now, what is the doula in the abortion industry? Here's their training. Well, listen, you don't need to think about this now. By the way, this is normal. Your feelings that you're feeling about the killing of this child, that's normal. And as he said in his analysis, every time you have to keep telling somebody this is normal, when you have to keep repeating it, what you're really revealing is it's not normal. We want you to think it's normal, but actually it's not normal. And the whole purpose of the doula is to distract the woman from what's actually taking place and her feelings about what is taking place. We have an industry in which the purveyors of it are seen as medical pariahs. The people who try to support it burn out overnight, and therefore it is in demise, for which I'm grateful. But here's what we need to realize from a Christian world in life view. While the statistics are going down for various reasons, some of them very positive, the fact is, is our nation keeps tenaciously holding to the right to kill a child to erase the unwanted effects of the sexual revolution that says that sex is not designed by God to enjoy within marriage for the blessing of the marriage and procreation within marriage. It is there to be enjoyed for one's own gratification. And of course, need I simply point out the catastrophic consequences of sex being viewed as a matter of personal gratification in terms of the current meltdown of sexual predators within the industries of power, such as politics and the media and Hollywood. It is interesting as you look at the situation in Oregon, it's not atypical where you see many different individuals and groups of individuals saying, we know what the law says, but we can come back and say, we're sorry later. We're going to spend these funds like we want to spend them. As one guy says one time, follow the money. If you'll trace this back, it's amazing that the bureaucrats who are put in place by elected officials who are heavily funded in their campaigns by the abortion industry in general and Planned Parenthood in particular. 
what I believe is taking place is through the bureaucrats, through the quote-unquote mistakes, and through the turning of the eye and the accounting mistakes, there is the trough of public money going to Planned Parenthood because those who have been elected by their support in the community, they have to pay them back, and that's their payback. We could go into numerous states and the federal government to point out how this is happening continually. This quote-unquote, oops, mistake, 140-something million. Oh, and by the way, look how much went to support abortion. By the way, how much of that makes its way into the coffers of Planned Parenthood, who, by the way, made the contributions for the elected officials who were overseeing the public monies that were siphoned off into the abortion industry. If these are genuine mistakes, then somebody ought to lose their job to make that kind of a mistake. If you were in a corporation and you were the chief financial officer and you did this, you would be gone if it's a mistake. That won't happen because it's not a mistake. I believe that this is an orchestrated payback to the abortion industry in general and Planned Parenthood in particular. And unfortunately for them, there are audits, so it does come out. So now they have to do the mea culpa. Oops, mistake. We'll try not to move so many decimal points next time. Harry, we are out of time for today. Tomorrow, let's go over to Europe. There are several stories I want to cover, including Sweden's National Evangelical Lutheran Church. They are urging their clergy to stop using gender pronouns. As well as an unbelievably incoherent decision that is being propagated in France concerning the statue. So let's talk about that tomorrow. We'll do that on Wednesday's edition of Today in Perspective. As we close out, let me remind you, you can subscribe to Today in Perspective. It's easy. On your iTunes icon on your smartphone or your tablet, type in Today in Perspective with Harry Reader. Then each and every weekday on your podcast icon will automatically download a new edition of this program. A great way to stay in touch, a great way never to miss an episode. We'll do stop by again tomorrow, Wednesday, as we continue our conversation and as we apply a biblical worldview to put the issues of today in perspective.